Hey everybody, hope everybody's having a good day out there. I am kind of self-isolating after Palooza. Still getting all situated and set up here in the bus. Just been super sleepy after Schooly. Um, but yeah, just jumping on real quick. Um, I'll be on tomorrow as well with Aaron broccoli bus uh, that Q&A will be more centered on solar components uh, smart home components for your tiny home your school bus your camper van so be sure to leave those comments down right now um, and then Aaron and I will get to those tomorrow um, he is one of the most knowledgeable guys that I've met um, actually the most knowledgeable guy when it comes to solar, solar components, smart home components. Um, so be sure to leave those questions down there. Um, if you have any questions about tiny home life, digital nomad life, be sure to leave it in the comments. This is posted on both the tiny home tours and the Chris travels page. Um, so I'll get to those, those comments and those questions. I just want to start today's video wrong side right there. You might notice that my kitchen, drawer is open I have a little mouse that decided to chew through my pipes mice in these rigs in tiny home living are some of the most annoying things ever because you can have all the traps set up you could set up your rig to where you don't think they're gonna get in whatsoever and they find their way in and it's literally a cat and mouse game trying to get these things and it's very important to get them out of your rig because, I mean, honestly, wrong side, there we go. If I just have to replace some plumbing down there, it's really not that big of a deal. However, if they chew through electrical, causes a short, causes the fire, or, you know, piping that's hard to get to, like any type of electrical or sewage or whatever that they chew through, it can be a massive pain. So that is one thing to consider. If you are thinking about living tiny, make sure that you have mouse traps set up regardless because they are annoying little creatures. So I just wanted to hop on for 10-15 minutes. So if you do have any questions, be sure to leave that in the comment section below. I'm going to head over to the Chris Travels page. See if there's any questions going on over there at the moment. But other than that, I have just been on the road. I have been very busy at Palooza. For those that don't know what Palooza is, it's a gathering out in the desert. I think it's the largest school bus gathering in the world. I think we had about 300 rigs here or there this year. And between the camper vans and RVs, probably a total of around 500 rigs. So it was a really awesome experience. Um, I'm very happy that I was able to go, happy that I met a bunch of people, and thanks for everybody that came up and introduced themselves. Uh, Lily mentioned, really want to go tiny. I'm trying to find the willpower to try. So, Lily, that's a very interesting uh, statement because with tiny home tours, with a lot of stuff that I do, the main goal is convincing people to do this lifestyle. And it really is just an amazing like existence like once you're in it 
you really don't want to go back to anything else. Um, you know, when I go home to visit family or I'm living in a house for a little bit, like say I fly home for Christmas or whatever, I mean, it's great being around family, but the small things that you notice, like every time that I flush a toilet, I think about the gallons of water being used and how simple I'm able to live in my rig and have my own space. Um, it's kind of one of those things until you experience it, you're, you're going to have a hard time finding that willpower to give it a try. But there is some middle ground. You could always rent an RV. You could always rent a camper and not just do a weekend, like take a week vacation from work. Um, go to a place you always wanted to go in that rig and see if that's for you. Because this lifestyle, even though I love it and I want as many people to try it as possible, it's absolutely not for everybody. Uh, it really depends on your own personal preferences, what you like, if you end up liking it, you know, actually going tiny, but there are ways to test it and see if it fits well for you. For me personally, be able to work from my laptop to be off the grid right now, like the sun's bringing in all my power. It's powering this laptop right now. It's powering my solar connections. You know, it's, it's just a really cool lifestyle for me. And again, it's not for everybody, but for the people that I know that were interested that wanted to try it and they did, their biggest piece of advice is don't wait. Because everybody that does jump into this and does it and realizes it's not that scary. Of course, there's issues, like literally, like I can't get that darn thing right. Like a mouse just chewed through my, through my plumbing and I just spent about 15 minutes cleaning up water. There's a fan blowing on it now, but that's just part of it. You know, like it's, it's, you, you have issues that pop up, but what this lifestyle has taught me, what it's trained me to do is, you know, look at situations as they are, not be upset about it and just move forward. Cause that's the only thing that you can do. Um, so I really hope you try it. I hope you rent an RV for a weekend. Um, get out there, give it a shot and see what you think. Um, Alyssa, what are some of your favorite gadgets that you helped you living the nomad life that have helped living the nomad life a little easier. Um, to be honest, my little jetpack, my Verizon jetpack for internet, that's a cool little gadget. Um, to be honest, I live a very analog life on the road. And what I mean by that, Alyssa, is I have my water filter, my coffee, my sink, my desk, and I have power coming in and I have a place to sleep and I have a bathroom. That's all I need. Like, I don't get that fancy um, living this lifestyle. As long as I have internet, as long as the power is coming in, like, I'm happy. And it's an important point to say that when I first got on the road, I thought I needed all this stuff. Like, another thing, people that live this life that have been doing it, what they will tell you is they brought a bunch of stuff with them. Like say they're moving into their RV. They bring a lot of stuff that they think they're going to use on the road. Once you get on the road, once you start living tiny, and it sounds like, you know, a cliche thing here, but you really realize you don't need that much stuff. Um, one thing I will say is you do start to find things that are multi-purpose. So something along the lines of a really good set of knives that that's something that you realize that you need just because you just need fewer knives, but they're better quality. They stay sharp longer. 
um, better solar gear, like investing in better solar gear. So it's more along the lines of you don't necessarily need more gadgets. You just find gadgets that work really well for what you're trying to do and invest in them. Um, I hope that answers your question. So making making things a little easier, just invest in good gear, good multi-purpose gear. And it's natural for you when you first move into the rig to bring a bunch of stuff you don't need. But then eventually over time, you downsize, you get rid of that. It's just all part of the process. Everybody goes through it. Mike, how do you get internet? I have a Verizon jetpack that I use. And then I also have 75 gigs of internet on my phone. Um, being that I'm a videographer, one of my gigs is a videographer. Um, you know, at Schoolie Palooza, I filmed about 850 gigs of footage. So I'll find places that I know that has good internet, like, like a stationary spot. And then I'll just upload for 24 hours. Like a friend of mine has a shop in town and he has 5G um, service there, which it's faster than my jetpack. So I just hung out in his parking lot for a day and a half and just uploaded all the footage. Uh, internet's really not that big of a deal, especially with Starlink coming up. For those that don't know what Starlink is, um, basically Elon Musk's company sent up a bunch of satellites and they're going to be beaming down affordable internet um, via that. And that's going to radically change the nomad life. It's going to change the world. Like I'm super stoked for that to come up. Right now they're in beta. It's not widely distributed yet, but once that becomes a norm, like internet's going to be so much easier for everybody. Uh, but right now I use a jetpack. I'm just going to head over to the Chris Travels page, see if there's any questions over there. If you do want to keep up with my personal travels, I'll get a link, put it in the comment section. That is my personal page if you want to check that out. No questions over at Chris Travels. Angela, that'll be amazing. I, I, I'm guessing you're talking about the Starlink. Yes, it will be amazing. Um, yeah, if you have any questions, uh, be sure to leave it in the comments. Other than that, I have been off the road for a two-year hiatus. One was Family Matter back in Indiana for one year, basically hanging out with family. And then the year after that, we started a shop in... Uh, Kansas, where we've been converting uh, mini buses into tiny homes, as well as doing roof raises and building that up. So, being that I'm back on the road, it's uh, you know I just sent out the newsletter today. Um, one point of interest with that being back on the road has made it very fluid. Like my thought process with business, building the team, it's just back out in the ecosystem, and that's something that I love about the lifestyle is. You know, I'm usually up at 5 a.m. every morning, anywhere from 5 to 6. And then I get all of the tasks that I have to get done, all the admin stuff, replying to emails, uploading certain things. And then around 7, 7.30, I'm done for the rest of the day to do things like this. I'm free to write down to-do lists, things that I need to get done, things that take a lot of time. And this lifestyle allows that because it's a very cheap lifestyle once you get your rig set up and no major issues happen with the engine or the solar or something like that. So it frees up your time to allow you to be more flexible and be more fluid and think about things and do what you want when you want. 
So if you are thinking about starting a business, if you're thinking about starting a side hustle, this lifestyle allows that because your overhead costs are so much lower. Like I've said it at nauseum on this, on these live Q and A's for me to live on the road is about a thousand dollars a month, not counting repairs. I just dropped $2,500 to get new injector lines a new battery, new starter. You know, there's maintenance that pops up, but that's like a once a year thing typically like while i'm in arizona i go to my friend's shop have them completely go over the bus their AAA bus and get all that preventative maintenance done so i don't break down on the road just get it done early uh Alyssa, heating and air sources what are your favorite options so i have a dickinson marine heater um it is a diesel heater it's gravity fed and I love that thing. It gives the aesthetic of wood burning stove, but with school buses, tiny homes, the whole deal, um, wood burning stoves are a big no, no for your insurance. Like you can be completely dropped. If you have an accident, they won't cover you cause you have a wood burning stove. Uh, so a workaround to that is the Marine diesel heaters. Um, the only negative is, you know, you have to go get diesel where if you're out boondocking in the middle of nowhere and there's trees around, you can go grab, wood and cut it up and you're good to go you have a lot more fuel source options with that um, but i love my dickinson uh, marine heater and then also let me go to amazon another popular option is a diesel heater um, webasto is the main company that had that but they lost their patent now there's a bunch of cheaper versions that are shipped in from China. Um, they don't have all the bells and whistles trying to diagnose it. If you do have an issue can be a huge pain. Um, the instruction manual is not the best. I just sent over a link right here in the comments to one and there's multiple on Amazon now, but a lot of people have been having really good success with those. Webastos are like 1500 bucks. These are, you know, less than 200 bucks. Um, their, their lifespan probably isn't as long. It's built with cheaper materials. Like I said, you can't troubleshoot as well as a Webasto, but a lot of people use these in their rig. And then what I will be installing come spring, once I get back to the shop in Kansas, bear with me as I look this up. It's a very expensive unit, but it's a water heater as well as one of these um, furnace heaters. Let me get this for you. Looks like the price has increased $1,000 since last time I looked. I'll put this in the comments. This is what I'm saving my money for. I want to get this guy. Um, one of the biggest mistakes I made in my bus was actually getting a uh, electric water heater. It works well in the summer. There's more daylight, the sun's more overhead, so I get more solar. Um, and it, the system has a hard time keeping up with it because it's 1500 continuous watts to heat the water and it takes about 25 minutes. So it's about 20 to 25 minutes of continuous uh, 1500 watt power draw. And, you know, right now it's 1230. My system's probably bringing max 800 watts in. So it just drains the system. 
quite a bit. But this guy, the one that I just linked right there um, in the Tiny Home Tours Facebook Live section, um, it heats your water as well as a furnace. So I'll be installing or getting this installed. I'll probably have Aaron install it um, in Kansas this spring. Got a couple questions over on the Chris Travels Facebook, and then I'm going to work out. Bob Bush. Said he'll message Wes and I. Sounds good. Christopher Ryan Jones. Yeah, it's Chris Jones. What's up, bud? How did Indiana State shape you as a tiny? So, I went to Indiana State University. I love Indiana State University. I've met lifelong friends there. Indiana State's awesome. However, the town Indiana State's in is called Terre Haute. Has a couple nicknames. Terrible Haute, the Dirty, I always call it the Dirty, and uh, wasn't that cool of a place. Sorry if you live there, but I'm not a fan of Terre Haute. And basically, going to school there made me think that there was a lot more out there. And that's when I started traveling overseas. I had the fortune to study abroad a couple times, and it really opened my eyes to the world. Once I traveled overseas multiple times, I wanted to see more of the states, and back in the end of 2009 I bought my very first van soccer mom van just built some very simple cabinets put a simple bed in there and hit the road with my dog and that was the beginning of where I am now I would not have this bus if I didn't buy that first van and I wouldn't buy that first van if I wasn't a fan of Terre Haute so Indiana absolutely shaped me into this lifestyle and getting out of a town that I did not like was a big uh, precursor for that so, we're at just under 20 minutes. I appreciate all of you being here. Thanks for um, stopping by. Hey, Lois, Brian. Howdy from Maine. I hear it's nice and toasty up there right now. But yeah, thanks for watching, everybody. Um, like I said, we'll be on tomorrow with Aaron from Broccoli Bus 6. So be sure to, if you're watching the replay of this, be sure to leave your solar, your smart home, um, questions, you know, whether that's hooking up a Nest doorbell or a Nest lock or uh, Wi-Fi boosters or anything like that. Any solar components, charge controllers, inverters, batteries. Be sure to leave that in the comments and we'll get to those uh, first thing in the Q&A tomorrow. So you're welcome, Alyssa. Thanks for joining and we will catch you guys later. Enjoy the rest of your Friday.